0: Oh, hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And this is a special bonus episode of Open Shutters Goes to the Movies. What's up this week? Oh, so I watched the movie you asked me to watch. Oh, yeah. This is our new feature. We're going to do this once a month. We may even spin it off into its own podcast if it's successful enough. It's called Open Shutters Goes to the Movies. And you know what we're going to do with that, Philip? We are going to review a classic film once a month. I got a lot of good response for our play Misty for me, and they want to hear more movie reviews. So we're going to review a classic film and I chose classic films because I don't want to spoil new films and right' they, right, always right. Gonna, th- there's always going to be a spoiler because you know because m- we're going to kind of kind of figure that we most people have seen the movie already last month we did because of Jessica Walter's death and, and, and since it was, was all about mental health, we did play Misty for me. Which uh, dealt with borderline personality and our theme last last week last month, last month Barry was that's insane Asylum. So that kind of felt went in with that Mm. theme. This month we're doing the Storyville. So this month's movie is Pretty Baby. The next month we're doing Mamma Mia about you know bad you know bad mothers, and so we we chose a horror movie with a family theme. Orphan, that's going to be a good one to do, too. Yes. That'll be fun. But this is Pretty Baby, 1978, and it stars Keith Carradine, uh, Susan Sarandon, and Brooke Shields at, tw- at the age of 11. Yes. And uh, it's set in a Storyville brothel. Now The film opens where we have a prostitute named Hattie is about to give birth. And there's the midwife and everybody there in the uh, in the attic of the brothel. And looking on is her eleven year old daughter, Violet. Now Violet goes running through the house. She's a typical child. Telling everybody the baby's been born. And she goes, just goes to these rooms where people are screwing and everything. It's almost like it's second nature. What we're going to get into after the movie is about the trick babies. Because that's what Violet was. Yeah. But anyway. It turns out that the woman that was having you know, baby was Violet's mother, played by Susan Sarandon, Hattie. And, um, next, when, when we next see Violet, the baby's waking her up, and she picks him up, and she takes him downstairs. And she wakes up her mother, and her mother's got a man in the bed. And the mother kind of tells, tries to shoo her away, but she won't go. So she gets up out of the bed and starts feeding the baby. And, another man shows up. Well, first of all, the madam wakes up. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where this woman came from. But she's very, very old. She's elderly. She looks like... The actress actually was like 65 or 66. She was a hot mess She looks a whole like move. she's 80. We're going to talk more about her later. <laughs> yeah. But anyway... Um, she wakes up, and she's in the kitchen drinking her coffee, and this man shows up. It turns out he's Brelock who we talked about in our Storyville episode. He was the photographer that took the pictures of the prostitutes, and he wants to take a picture of Hattie. Because, actually, she's beautiful. I mean, Susan Sarandon, at the age of 32, was quite lovely, you know? And... Um, She goes out in the in the yard, and Violet is just really being a kid. She's just being an aggravating kid, trying to disrupt. Yeah, disrupt the shoot, jumping up and down, making faces once again in the picture, and they get really aggravated with her. And uh, the guy that (laughs) that was with comes rolling down. Saying, I paid for the whole night. And then he goes and he tries to... Didn't he hit Violet? Or did he hit the mother? He hit somebody and... One of the girls knocked him out with a hammer. (laughs) remember? Oh, that was in the later scene. That's right. No, the guy ends up hitting uh, Hattie. He hits Hattie at first, yeah.
1: Yeah, not the girl. Yeah,
0: yeah. So then they have a a party, which Belloc is, is invited... And Violet's just aggravating the hell out of him. She says, oh, you're old. Do you think you'll be dead soon? You know, like a little kid. She's 11 years old. To her, the 30-something Balak was ancient, you know. And um, eventually, he starts getting really attached to this little girl. And the guy comes back, the crazy guy that came in there. And he starts attacking the prostitutes, and one of the other prostitutes gets a hammer of some kind and whacks him on the head. And they don't know whether he's dead or not. And now the yeah, madam tells them, "Oh, just drop him off in front of Miss Emma Johnson and get rid of the hammer. We don't do any any building here anyway."
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was probably that. That was probably that character's best line in the movie. Yeah, the, the Emma Johnson
0: line. Yeah. So, eventually, Blaylock starts getting really obsessed with, with uh, Violet, and he finds a man that wants to marry her. But before that, she, she does get to take a picture where we get to see Susan Sarandon's tits, which were very, really quite lovely back then. You know, she, she was really a, a hot-looking woman back in her, in her young days she's actually still a nice looking woman but well that was not that far
1: off from when she even did um, Rocky Horror Pictures that was after right after yeah it was after it wasn't that long yeah yeah, same decade Yeah. yeah
0: And yeah, you know, she did some movies before that too. And that She's, was
1: before. I'm trying to remember what she had done right at the end of the '70s, beginning of the '80s. It was something.
0: She, uh, she. Well, she did the front page with Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau.
1: So she was at her prime there. Like it, yeah. she was, that was her. That was her time.
0: That was her time. Yeah. That was before. Yeah, because that was well before Dead Man Walking and and some of the other stuff that she done. But you. Oh, but she was still kind of sexy in but, Bull Durham. Uh, that was like 10 years after that. I can
1: that. say, from what I noticed in this movie, compared to, say, Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror, she still sort of had that little, like, young woman, teenage, adolescent An feel. kind of look. Right. Yeah. Whereas
0: she, in here. She was total adult. She looked total adult, like, full but grown. Beautiful, woman. sexy you, yes. adult woman. Yeah. And, um, but Brooke Shields, who actually was quite lovely herself, but she was 11, you know. She has her birthday. And then there's a scene where she gets sold as a virgin. They do a, a um, they oh do a, um, yeah, a, an auction on who gets the virgin. Well, they parade her
1: through it first yeah, pra- with yeah. the sparkler and shit. And the thing about this,
0: the little girl's not even developed. It was disturbing. She really had boobs yet. It was
1: disturbing.
0: You know. And so, how can a little girl like that even have sex? I don't. <gasps> But one
1: of the most compelling scenes I want to talk about, with that scene, like specific actual frames uh-huh. I want to talk about, is what was first of all what was the actor's name, the one that played the piano player?
0: Uh Anthony Vargas. Okay. Yeah, you know where we all okay. know him
1: from. Where we know him from?
0: Uh, star, um, um, is it Starsky and Hutch? Oh,
1: okay. He was Huggy Bear. Okay.
0: He played so, a pimp in that. <laughs> Lord, what? There's
1: a there's a um, when the whole auction thing is going on and they, these men are bidding and all. Uh huh. They freeze kind of on his face. Now, I don't know if it was coming from what the actor was conveying. I'm not really sure if I can give the director real credit on the camera shot. To her. The camera shot was good, but I don't know if it really was that that had anything to do with this. I think it has more maybe to do with the actor, thinking about what the man might have thought. But the piano player was sort of like this kind of like father figure, uncle figure yeah, to her. But there's also this thing, him being this um, middle-aged to older black man, I guess a middle-aged black man or whatever, watching this bidding going on, all these white men bidding on this girl, it was seeing these white men who were descended probably from slave owners, if you think about the, uh-huh. the, the character. Talking about, um, He's seeing another form of slavery basically happening. Pretty much. The yeah, sex well, slavery. And it kind of it kind of got conveyed in that still. If you really go look at that, the way his eyes are, it conveys that message of, like, he's seeing this little girl being commoditized. As now, a it's Indian funny because
0: it, there's no real person that they say he's based on, but they just call him Professor. But at one point, doesn't Violet ask him his, what his name is, and he says, Ferdinand? think so. Because Ferdinand was the name of, of Jelly Roll Morton.
1: And they do at the end give credit to the music of Jelly Roll Morton. It yeah. was
0: a credit. So I do remember that. Well, Tony Jackson too because he wrote the song pretty bad. I'm going to
1: talk about another uh, I'm going to turn to it later on. I'm going to talk about another character with a powerful camera scene. But that one got me. Like His reaction was even more, more like it just made you sense this like wow. He knew this girl was being commoditized. Yeah, I'm saying that. Right, right. But,
0: wow, objectified, definitely. But you well, see, no
1: more than that. More than objective. worse, being turned into a is,
0: commodity. Um, this, this is actually we talked about some of the kinks of Storyville. This, this really delved deep into pedophilia. Now, uh, and and what did you think of the madam's response on shit? <sighs> like that was just. She, I got a whole lot to say about her. No,
1: but specifically to that, because that's a big part scene of the movie, and her reaction to it was like, oh, she's old enough.
0: Yeah, and she wasn't. That was disturbing. So the, after all this is over, and they, um, you know, Violet's lost her virginity, and she's now a working girl in the, in the brothel, she starts, she's still acting like a child, but she's, she's, got, she's acting like a child that just has way too much knowledge and which is of course what she was and um, there was a little a local, a local uh, one of the little boys she keeps on she tries to get the little black kid she tries to get have sex with him and the maid comes out you know the African American maid comes out and says coloreds don't go with whites not that you're 12 years old and you ain't supposed to be having sex that you're not supposed to be having sex with this black kid you know what I mean? So. Then, Which, that was really. That was all like. That that brought up
1: some interesting things about race, about. Yeah. the Even the sexualization of the children. That's
0: 1917, by the way. I forgot. I, I think I should mention. It's supposed to be doing the tail end of the story, though, right before they close. Because they have a couple of discussions about how the Navy's going to close them down and that kind of thing. And, um. She, uh. Then she tries to, to, to seduce the little white kid, and the madam comes and catches her and has the bartender take her to the woodshed and and strap her. He'll, you know, pretty much, what, flog her? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? That little boy
1: was over-sexualized. Little and that's, well, yeah.
0: yeah, he's living all among prostitutes. And it's the cutest thing. Just like a child, she looks at the madam and says, it didn't hurt. You know I mean only a child would do that right and uh so um she runs away and she finds uh, Belloc's house and moves in with him and this uh, uh this is followed by a very very disturbing scene where it shows a naked eleven year old Brooke shields being photographed nude.
1: Yeah, and I it's didn't kind think of that explicit. there were ways that they could have angled that without yeah. actually have her having to be on screen. At they could have implied her being nude without her
0: actually showing that. There's ways they could have had, handled that a lot better than they did. I'm just wondering how this little girl, because Brooke Shields always says she didn't lose her virginity until she was in her twenties, right? And but she had all this sexual knowledge.
1: Well, and I just wonder what was going through this director's fucking mind. I
0: wonder if that was her own personal choice. She she, she she knew enough about it. How do you say the director's name? Malle? Uh, Louis Malle. Mal. He's a French director. His other credits include Murmur of the Heart and um, Atlantic City and Crackers, Goodbye Chicken and Children, and some of the French movies that I don't... Um, well, standards have, have been changed. Um, that is actually not allowed in film now. And
1: he's also so that, by today's standards, that would not be allowed.
0: The one, the, the the another thing he's very famous for now is he was married to Candace Bergen. You know Murphy Brown. Okay. Yes. Murphy, that, that she actually she's his widow. He was married to she. He was married to her when he hmm. passed away. So That's,
1: that scene was disturbing,
0: though. It was very disturbing, and then he gets mad at her, and she's knocking on the door, and you see her whole backside, and. It's almost like she's almost treated like an adult female in a nude scene, an adult in a nude scene, and it's disturbing. And you're going like, well, "Why am I watching this? This is this is really I don't creepy." I know. I I was like, "This is not right," you know. And I went. And, how did her mother to, let her do this?
1: I actually had to go research legally why and how this was allowed. And a court now now they changed some standards, but apparently back then, as long as the child was not this is what didn't make sense to me, was not in an actual sexual position or act as long as it was just opposed, they allowed it.
0: Well they allowed little B babies naked on TV and in the movies all the time, you know. Well but diapers change. But
1: usually it's diaper changes or things going on like that that's just not this actually on I still bathtub. I still felt this was wrong because this was
0: sexualizing and she was posing for photographs, for the sexual program. Because Blaylock had all those photos. Which the problem is not of, that of the, the, the character
1: prospects. was having it done because we knew that was the point of the movie. It was the fact that the director was doing that to the actress, is what bothered me. Yeah. Because there's ways he could have had certain camera angles, not showing everything, could have done everything that allude to her being fully nude, but not actually showing it.
0: And then there's a scene after that where Blaylock brings Violet a doll. And she says, oh, why did you buy me a doll? He said, every child should have a doll. Well, I'm not a child. You are a child. But that's what... Yeah, he's still sexually involved with it, and he knows she's a child.
1: That was so disturbing.
0: Yes. Ugh. So, uh, she and Blaylock get into some kind of argument. He slaps her. And she goes back to the brothel. Now, by this time, now this was totally... Inaccurate. They had these these protesters outside of Storyville. Wait, and first of all, did that scene look like the French Quarter
1: and not Storyville? Oh,
0: uh, well, and when
1: they it looked moving... like a certain balcony, I know. Yeah,
0: and when they were moving out, it looked like the Maroney or the Bywater. It, uh, oh, no, yeah, no, that was, part, yeah, yeah. Well, the actual Storyville didn't exist anymore. It was where the projects are, exactly. So they couldn't do it there. But the uh, the brothel itself, the inside of the brothel and the backyard, that was all the columns Hotel on St. Charles Avenue. So, she goes back to the brothel, and of course, it's it's getting ready to shut down. All the girls are leaving. Uh, some of the uh, oh, but, uh, let's let's uh, mention some of the supporting players. Besides, uh, what's his name, the piano player guy? What did I say his name was? One of Starsky and Hutch was his name. The Starsky and Hutch.
1: What was the guy's name though? You said it.
0: You had said Yeah, it I had said it, and it, it, it just. Oh uh, you had
1: me. it earlier. I'm, I'm sorry. Mind. Oh gosh, your memory.
0: Oh, that's okay. I'll find it right now. It's um. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well,
1: besides the piano player, who were? Who oh,
0: Antonio Far- Fargus, Yeah.
1: But who's the other person you were trying to ask about?
0: Okay, the uh, character the, one, of the, the, two of the two of the prostitutes. One of them, free. That was Diana Scarwood, who was played Christina, in Mommy Dearest, the <gasps> blonde. Oh, the one that was playing the foreigner. Yeah, that had the foreign accent. That was her! Oh my gosh, I thought she looked familiar. And Josephine, the older prostitute, that was Barbara Steele. Do you Did you remember the 1991 Dark Shadows? She was Julia Hoffman. Oh. But she'd done many other... She'd done many other things besides that, too. She did Black Sunday and a few other movies, you know, from the... She did uh what was it, the Pit in the Pendulum, was it, with um Vincent Price? I think so, yeah. And she always played like a fallen woman. But it was just in Dark Shadows that she actually played, you know, a doctor and then in the in the in the back flashback episode she was the calmest dupre. So yeah, that was Barbara Steele and um there was I, I, some I don't recognize any of the other ones. Frances Fay is the name of the woman who played the uh, madam. And we're going to get back to her. We're just going to finish up the movie now. So anyway, she goes back to the brothel. The Nell, the madam, is just about inconsolable. She's, like, taken to her bed, remember? She they won't leave her bed anymore. And all the other girls and Violet leave with Blaylock. And they had Blaylock living in a swamp when he actually lived in the French Quarter in real life. He didn't live in a swamp. So Hattie comes home, comes back, and she's like a regular lady now. She's like, oh God, the awful places I had to go to try to find you, honey. <laughs> it's like all awful places she came from. It turns out her husband knows that, because that, that, uh, one of the reasons why she left Violet behind is because he didn't know that that was his do- her daughter. So she admitted everything to him, and he adopted the baby. He wants to adopt Violet, and wants them to move to mm-hmm. St. Louis. I got something to say when you're in a me. respectable home, and it ends with uh, Violet sitting down, Violet and all leave, and then she's holding her doll. So um, we're gonna talk into some of the performances. Brooke Shields. Well, before
1: you get into that, I want to talk about that very final scene at the train station.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd like to hear tripled your that.
1: Oh, yeah. Remember I said there was one other scene where there was a... That shot and reaction on Brooke Shields' face said it all for me. Okay? hmm And it said it on different layers. It made me think about the character for a second. This really is the factor You remember he was taking that picture of the family. He had, like, that newer camera that yeah. went a lot faster. That's the new
0: stepdad, Right. Right.
1: And I had this weird sense in the way they acted. They never imp- It feels like it might have been implied. I don't know if I was noticing this or how it was done. But this whole idea is, I don't think he really necessarily wanted to adopt her. He wanted to objectify and have her and knew what she came from. and that he was, he gonna, was sexually And That he was going to sexually abuse her. I caught that too. You noticed there was sort of an implied yeah. thing with that. I also think that's really weird because I'm just sitting here. I'm like, she was objectified by Bob. Uh, Bella. Belloc. She was object- going to seems to be alluded to be objectified by her stepfather. She was then, objectified
0: by the madam.
1: Well, we know that. But I'm also feeling talking about cameras. Even the actress herself, I feel, was at some level objectified by the director. So when you look at the layers of this, I'm like, whoa, you know, which is str- it's. It, it it's what made the movie even more bizarre. Well, Brooke
0: Shields herself today has called it child pornography, and she said that her is one. Of her, Thank God because she it has a daughter. Strange. You know, her daughter. I think she does have a daughter. I can't she, watch I mean, She Her daughter will will would never. She would never allow her daughter to do a movie like that. And um, she says she didn't um, lose her virginity till she was like twenty five, which would have been like what fifteen. Uh, 14, 15 years after this movie was made. And, you know, there's maybe something a little bit weird about that. But see, that's what I want to
1: question on him, the director, but he's dead, is the factor of, okay, one of two things. If you're not a perv, you're cruel. And if you are a perv, you're cruel. Well, Because the the only other angle I could figure out was is he was trying to put her in the character and make her feel exposed, make her feel... But I'm like, you're doing this to a child, no matter what. Yeah, like it was. I said there was ways. I knew she knew she was an actor. There were ways to make her feel more. I just felt like watching it. There's no way, as a young girl, she could have felt comfortable with all that.
0: No, she couldn't. Have. As an actress, there's no. just no way. No. Now I want to touch on the performances. First of all, uh, I, sure. Sorry about that. I Bro- that Brooke Shields. Amazing actress. Wonderful. I was surprised she had
1: that much talent at that young age. I knew she had talent later on. Yeah. I had never
0: seen the movie before this, so. And uh, Susan Sarandon was her usual talented son. Amazing. And Keith Carradine, too. And that's hard to believe that that's Penny's father from the Big Bang Theory. Keith (laughs) Carradine,
1: as beautiful a man as he is, he gave me the creeps. Well, you know what? Like, he, it just made me feel a little dirty He wasn't watching always a beautiful man. He made me feel like like he was, the way he'd look at, in the, in there, the way he was doing it, it just made you feel, like, exposed. See, like,
0: I never thought he was attractive when he was young. Now, he's this, like this really hot, older man. But when he was a young man, he had, you know, like, big old protruding... Overbite and David Carradine. Look. I mean,
1: he did look pretty good in that movie. But, he looked it, was, rather, he looks, but it was creepy, so he, he could He's better that. looking
0: than his brother David Carradine. He,
1: he he kind of, I guess he knew he was playing this, in a sense, a pedophile if you think about it, and it was weird.
0: Yeah, and I only hope that the Penny's father character is more what he's like in real life than this character. And I don't know, there's no, there is no, uh, it's kind of slanderous towards Belloc because there is no evidence that Belloc ever got involved with a child. And I a think
1: they like were that. just trying to throw everything together into one bag. Like, there was a lot of th- Even New Orleans itself was being thrown. Out. They they were... I and mean, not that some of these things work side by side, but they were trying to clam in jazz, voodoo, race relate all this stuff. And it all came out kind of strange. Yeah. And it all came out misrepresented.
0: Now, um when um other performances uh Barbara Steele was very good, even though her part was very small, yeah. and Diane Scarwood was okay, even though she would slip in another accents from time to time.
1: that was not an easy accident <laughs> like.
0: but anyway i I took it as it wasn't even the character's real accent, it was something she just used for you know a gimmick <laughs> at the brothel. Um,
1: do you felt like she was trying to do like the the Jessica Lange in in Freak Show, trying yeah, to hold that accent, yeah, and it was yeah, hard. It's yes. uh, I knew a woman I worked with. I
0: worked at at ANCO Adult Video on Bourbon Street. Her name was Jana, and she had this British accent, and it's always oh very, very 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 you know like la 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 la, but every now and then she'd break in and she'd say, "What you doing, darling?" And she was going to a yacht accent. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Because She tried to say she was from Britain, but she wasn't. She was local girl. Uh, and I think that that's what that was. I think she was trying to do that accent to convey some type of class or some type of image. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go on the worst actor in the whole. That is got to be this woman, Frances Fay. Let's learn a little bit about her. Oh, my god. She was uh, born November fourth, 1912. She died November eighth, nineteen 1991. She had just turned 79. See, she looked like she was 79 back then. She looked and like she was 80. She wasn't 80s. really an actress. <laughs> that makeup she was, she the was a, uh, She's the second cousin to the actor Danny Kaye, and she wasn't really an actress. She was a cabaret performer. But in 1955, she was arrested on a narcotics charge. She looked like she was pretty high during that whole movie. But the character was sniffing cocaine. So oh, yeah. my God.
1: Wait, wait. And it was 70s-style sniffing cocaine,
0: too. And she still had the little on her nose and she, everything. She
1: took that pinky on, and she had it on the paper. And she,
0: <laughs> and she had a lot of it because I know how much that cost. I was like... I was kind of a party animal back in the day, so I know what she got there was about $1,000 worth of cocaine then. But anyway, she was the worst actress. Her line delivery was terrible. The only
1: line that was worth anything was the line about leaving the person at Emma Johnson's doorstep. Yeah,
0: and anybody who knows anything about Storyville would have gotten a laugh out of that. That was the only entertaining line from her. Everything she, else was like, really? She was like, I mean, she, it was like she recited her lines, it was like she was reading them off of cue cards or something okay, oh, and then when she was out of all her
1: regalia and she just had like a um one of those um she had like the little wig cap yeah. things and she looked red and she still had some messy makeup on or whatever in the, yeah she looked like some of the drag queens I see before or after the performances oh uh,
0: yeah, when you know like when they get drunk and they pass out <laughs> yes and they pass out with their makeup still on and they wake up. I've seen Marcy like that. Girl. You know, I did. Especially when
1: she was going to get her foot bath. Remember the foot bath? Yeah, scene? Oh.
0: we went. We did a. We, we used to go on the road sometimes and do shows in Biloxi and, and Mobile and places like that. Just places real close by. And there was a hotel that was, you know, LGBT-run called the White House on in Biloxi on the beach. And we used to do a show there every now and then. So I, we, you know, she had. All the queens stay a bunch of queens staying with her and I would bring my camera to take pictures from the show and everything. And I, I had one of those little Instamatic things. That's oh, a, that's way back ah, in the day.
1: Yeah.
0: And so one day I knocked on the door and she answers the door, just looking like homemade sin, the makeup running everywhere. I pulled that camera out and slipped that thing with the flash going off and everything. And she says, You bitch, give me that camera. I said, No. You are not getting the camera. I'm gonna find that camera when you're in the shower, and I'm gonna take a picture of you. I said, "Well, I won't take a shower until I get home." How does that sound? Oh, she was—it was so funny. So, um, but yeah, she was the worst actress in the whole thing. I, I just—I'm going like, where did he find her? Why did he use this woman? Is it that he just wanted a, a like a fucked up looking woman to play the. Uh, you know the, the madam. Oh, she it, had kind of a horse face, didn't she? Look like a horse.
1: And it's funny because I'm looking at the, one of the actress', actress photos. She's actually kind of pretty. Yeah, well, but they well, had made. That's like, I think he purposely made her look like that in that movie. Yeah, and that just
0: is not accurate because a madam was a madam was always going to be put together for a house. She was going to be put together, and she and she she took one of the tricks upstairs, and the madams didn't trick. As a matter of fact, that was that was one of the perks of being a madam. You didn't have to. That screw was people. the dumbest shit
1: they showed her as being <laughs> hooking all the time. You know, first off, a madam would not. Okay, I'm not saying a madam wouldn't do it, but it'd be very rare. First off, it would have probably been a client from way back she's yeah, one of and, that she's had her regulars regular from years and years, and she's not gonna say no, and she's built like that a really old rapport man poor relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, a rapport relationship. Yeah, and uh, first off, these clients I'm talking about, if they are rare, they're also paying an exorbitant amount of money to the madam to sleep with her.
0: Yeah, and they wouldn't pay to her, and
1: they usually a mess like that. Yeah, like. It was too much. It was too... I do want to say that one of the things that fell flat for me, though, that I was kind of upset with, and still for a 1978 movie, I guess it makes sense. Thank God for movies nowadays, though we don't see this, is I feel like they still hadn't got past the way they treated the black characters. Yeah. However, I am going to give Antonio, Even as late Antonio as Fargus, though. Being that I'm sure the director or whoever pinned him a certain way, he still made an amazing way to give the professor a, um, a humanity, a, a, a make him a very dynamic character. Yeah. So I have to say that was th- honestly for noticing how much all the black people were kind of pinned in their characters, the way it was done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about the level of all the way with, like, what happened in Gone with the Wind. But there was still some things in there, I feel like, today's standards, you know, the characters should have been more dynamic. Like, you're talking about, like, the, the, lady, the, the lady that um, helped at the house and all, the maid, and yeah. and her, was her grandson? Yeah. Or son son? Like, yeah. I felt like she could have been more dynamic of a character. I felt like they didn't give her um that role but i will give antonio fargus i could see he was fighting through to put little bits certain faces certain facial expressions you could see he was getting through what he could with the script that was given yeah. to yeah and i think that had some power but it does show you even in 1978 they they didn't give um the black characters good enough
0: no but then again, you know, they were It was 1978. And, but I mean, but, they yeah. really I mean they 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 had and in Storyville, you know, they had the octo room balls, octo room houses and all that type of thing. And but, you know, they prob they still was a lot of discrimination. Like I didn't cover this in our Storyville in a Storyville episode, but did you know they had a second red light district that was segregated black? And it was located on the other side of Canal Street, like around where the Joy Theater and Tulane Hospital is now. I may I, I seem to remember saying that, so I may have.
1: And the only thing that I can say they did do is at least they didn't sugarcoat the point about the boy that interracial relations were not allowed. Yeah. Like, so at least they were, at least that was accurate as far as all the inaccuracies. Well, as, and at and as least as far for, as the,
0: the, um, the uh, at first, I was wondering why is there a little black child, you know, among all these, among all this. And then I re, that's when I realized that his his grandmother was the was the, the maid, and she probably couldn't afford a babysitter or anything, so she just took him to work with her. Or,
1: or, yeah, I mean, I think when she was the maid, she was the cook, she would she was running the whole house. Yeah, that, she was she
0: was the housekeeper, mm-hmm. is what you
1: call that. And but, yeah, but I felt like uh, and it was. The, <laughs> Was, oh, that was her, huh? Mae Mercer. Yeah, Mae Mercer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying, I mean, I mean, I felt for her because her her script did not give her much room at all. The professor at least had a chance with his character, dude, to do some stuff within it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and I and I'm guessing, I'm guessing they were basing that character off of Jelly Roll because between the. The acknowledgement at the end of Jelly Roll's music for the movie. Yeah, you know, I'm guessing that's kind of who that character was. So
0: yeah. So anyway, it's um, Pretty Baby, directed by Lewis Miles, starring Susan Sarandon, Keith Carradine, Brooke Shields, Diana Scarwood, and uh, Barbara Steele. And what's that woman's name? <laughs> <laughs> the bad actress is um, oh. oh. Francis Fay. Francis Fay? No. And who are you pointing
1: at here? Who is this that was in the movie? Is this the one that was the little boy? Probably the little
0: boy, yeah. Lord, they got, you know, a, they got a picture now. of
1: him as a grown man. But
0: he'd probably be in his 50s now. It's probably even... When was this photo from? I don't know. But anyway, if you uh, if you want to see Pretty Baby, and let me warn you... Oh, that had to be the little boy, because he became a baseball player. Yeah. Let me tell you, warn mm. you, it's, um, it's kind of disturbing kinda hard to take. It's it's um you know, this it's just the thing it's kinda disturbing. It's kinda hard to take with the you know the child with it being a child and that makes it kinda to me, I, don't know, I find that very disturbing. But it's on Paramount Plus. And uh I oh,
1: know he was an adult. He was born in nineteen forty, this guy, whoever this oh. was Oh, know. He was been played one, of the, one, one, of, the one the of the Johns or something. One yeah. of the
0: Johns, yeah. yeah. So anyway, pretty is on Paramount Plus, 1978. We we, we go through the, the credits. Again, directed by Lewis Mile, and uh, check it out if you if you you know if you're not too disturbed by such a thing. Now it's not for everybody, but anyway, uh, just remember follow us on Twitter at at uh, at A-Shutters, uh Instagram is at Open shutters Podcast. Uh, Facebook business page is Open A Creepy Podcast. A Facebook group is the official page for Open A Creepy Podcast. Am I missing anything? Let's see. The Facebook, Twitter, Patrone. Yes, we do need Patrone. We need some patrons. Uh, you guys uh, can do, can do that for us at www.patrone.com open shutters We now have 1200 followers on Twitter isn't Whoa, that cool? All right yes. now yes. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and we also um, we've, we've already pe- surpassed a thousand downloads we almost getting through to almost uh, 1500 now and so uh, you could uh, you could get, get uh, find us on anchor Spotify Apple. And speaking of Apple, we would love a review on Apple. Now I'm gonna have some shout outs, but I'm gonna do that in the next episode, which is going to be the uh, Norma Wallace. That's who we're gonna be talking about, the last Madam Norma Wallace in our next episode. And yeah, this this week takes us out of Storyville. After this after this episode, everything we do and don't really have a whole lot to do with Storyville except for uh, like the beginning of Norma Wallace's career, and that's it. So Until next time, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. See you later. Bye.